Puck Fantasy Football League podcast. My name is Cameron Henry, manager of the Plucky Ducks. I am joined by my co-host, Daniel McNeese, manager of Cobra Tyler. And this week, we are joined by special guest, our league commissioner, two-time champion, Corbin Hulk, manager of the Ooh. Big Blue Wrecking Crew. What is up, my dudes? What up? How's it going? Two-time champ. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of decided, you know, might as well give credit where credit's due. We have access to that history, right? Yeah, I think it was like, well, when was the last time? Like 2013 or something? Uh, 2016, actually. Ooh. Yeah. We have, we do have 10 years of, of history just sitting on <laughs> NFL.com. Um, plenty of fun data on there. But yeah, 2016. Is McNeese still leading with uh, three-time champion? Is that? I know of at least two. Did I win before that? You have 2014 and 2015. Yeah, that's what I figured. I don't Two time. Think, yeah, I don't think anything else. And then I got cocky with it, and the next year I changed my team name to 3 Pete, and I lost. I do remember, I remember that. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was good. That was good. Well, we'll see what happens this year. This, I mean, looking like this year might be number three for you, McNeese, if, if you keep, uh, keep going as you're going. But not if Travis has anything to, to say. I like it, my I chances of making a run, but I don't know if I have the juice this year. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I always say it it takes uh it takes skill to get into the playoffs, but then to actually win takes luck. Because those last couple of weeks it's just kind of a crapshoot of of how well your players do. But you'd like to think not, but yeah. you're right. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, I believe we have a segment, a fun little game. Uh, Steve's, would you like to let us know uh, what we're playing? Yeah, so got a little competition for you guys. I did not even prep hammer on this, so you guys are both here in this for the first time. Uh, so I'm going to present to you a player, and I'm going to describe this player, and first person to Guess who this player is gets the round. Are you going to um, describe them physically? Yeah. Was, is this aesthetics or? <laughs> <laughs> I should have done aesthetics. <laughs> you know what? For I, I think I might be able to add a little something here for you then. Maybe okay. on the first add one. Add a little bit. So here, how it's going to work. I'm going to give you a first little description and then you guys can both uh how about you guys can both do one guess after each thing and if you still haven't either gotten it then i'll give you the next description and we'll keep going until someone gets it okay sound good all right sounds good Mm -hmm. all right so this first player is a wide receiver uh this player was third in the 2020 season in touchdowns Any guesses? I think it was Devontae Adams. He was up there in touchdowns. Corp? He, he could have been first in touchdowns. He might have been. Um, um, 
Hopkins? No and no. Moving on. And you don't have to take turns. You can blurt it out if you want to try and be first to guess. Mm-hmm. All right, next descriptor. Undrafted. Ooh. Wow. I any guesses? I I don't know. I have no idea. Undrafted. Hmm. No well, guesses? Hmm. All right. Um, I'll move was, on to the was, next one. Was Debo Samuel drafted? He had a pretty good year last year. Oh, I meant undrafted, like by his NFL team. I know. I don't remember if he was drafted by his NFL team or if he was a. I think he was like undrafted. a second round pick. Was he? Got it. Yeah. All right. I mean, it feels obvious to me, but I also super know <laughs> this player. All right. I'm just going to move on to the next descriptor NFC North. Kenny Galladay? Nope. That was a good guess. Um, oh, no. You know who it is now? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is it Thielen? To be, it is Thielen. My Dang next it. descriptor was going to be white. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you guys would get it. Dang. All right. Corb gets that one. Before the aesthetics come in. Right. Yeah. All he right, started right. the year real hot last year. I remember that. Yeah, he started third every year real hot, to be fair. Was it last year he had like seven straight games with a touchdown, or was that the year before? I think it was last year because I don't think he's gotten seven touchdowns in a season until the last until last year. Gotcha. Really? All right. Player number two is a running back. Uh, so far in the season, this player is sixth among running backs in receptions and yards. Austin Eckler. Receptions and yards. Sixth in receptions among running backs. Sixth among running backs and yards. Receiving. Receiving yards. Okay. Is it not Eckler? Not Eckler. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I'll wait for the next one. All right. Descriptor number two. In seven career playoff games, he has averaged 77 rushing yards per game. Leonard How many Fournette. playoff games? Who said that? I did. Cameron. Leonard Fournette. It is Leonard Fournette. Whoa. Boom. Nice. Yeah, my next one was going to be, has played for two teams in his career, both in the same state. <laughs> Tricky starting out with the receptions, because little do people know, Leonard Fournette is now a receiving back. So weird. Yeah. All right, one to one. Moving on to player number three, a quarterback. All right, has started fifty-two career games. Um, Jared Goff. Nope. Fifty-two. That's such Garoppolo? a weird number. Not Jimmy G. I feel like Jimmy G's barely started like thirty games, <laughs> but he started a Super Bowl. All right, number two, this quarterback is fifth among quarterbacks in rushing yards this season. Daniel Jones. Nope. I just try to throw it out there as quickly as I can. It's a good strategy. Um, Mahomes? It is Patrick Mahomes. Nice. 
Dang. All right. My next one is going to be second in the NFL in picks. Oh, wow. Like this season? Yep. Currently Dang. tied for second behind uh, Zach Wilson. Woof. Well, Wilson did have that, what, five-pick game? <laughs> yeah. Not good. All right. Got 2-1 Corbin lead. Player number four is a defensive player. Uh, currently leads the NFL in interceptions. Trevon Diggs? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Had to know Hammer was going to get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got him on that my one team. You, Hammer. Yeah, because he's on your <laughs> team. All right. All tied up 2-2. Moving on to the final player. Oh, shit. And I am gonna I am gonna say this is the hardest one. Oh good. All right. This is a wide receiver. Currently leads all wide receivers in passing yards. Any guesses? Oh, um. Oh, what's his name? Um trying to think of big plays that happen. Is it uh Jacoby Myers? I'm shocked you just got that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, hammer. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, no, I remember because he when uh when the Pats played the Bucks, he did a passing Wasn't play. That game? Yeah. Oh. And I, I remember they said that he used to be a quarterback. Wow. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Hardest one, my butt. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that was a very, very specific like one play on the season. <laughs> yeah. I was also going to say leads his team in receptions and yards plays in the AFC East. And if you still didn't get it, as I said, infamously has never scored a touchdown. So strange. I'm not sure I would have got it after all four clues. So really? I don't think so. Well, good job, Hammer. Thank you. So it's a good thing you got it on the first. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Well, that was uh, that was actually that was really fun. Um, I want to do that more often. But let's move on. Uh, I believe we have. Well, since we have the commissioner on um, our our fearless leader of many years, we thought that it'd be a good chance to clear up a bit of the confusion that we've been having in the group chat about playoffs and uh, the draft next year and trades and just kind of how things are going to be working with this being a dynasty Mm -hmm. league. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I guess first, do you want to go into how the playoffs are going to work? How many people, things like that, Corb? Yeah. Well, first I'll start off with, I think all the confusion came from the fact that we decided it was going to be a dynasty league about two days pre-draft. Um, <laughs> so that, <laughs> that started it off, but um, yeah. So traditionally between all the years that we had, we had either 10 or 12 people in the league every year. I think it's mostly been 12. Um, and we've always only done four playoff teams. So it was kind of a, more of a baseball type of playoffs than a uh, 
you know, basketball, hockey type of playoffs where more are getting in. But um, I just switched it um, over to six. So it's going to be six in the playoffs out of 12. Um, one and two get a bye first week. You know, so three plays six, four plays five, reseed. And then so one will play the lower seed that wins out of that round, et cetera. Um, nice. Yep. So which I, I know being... there's been some other uh, options thrown out there for six teams, but that's kind of all the league will do. So if you choose six, that's the only thing. Anyway. So with there being an extra game in the NFL this year, is that extra mm-hmm. game going to go toward the regular season records? Yeah, it is. Okay. So it'll be a three-week playoff. And since there's 18 weeks, um, it'll be like playoffs will be at week 15, 16, 17. So 18 being that final week that you don't want a championship on. Yeah. You know, kind of gets thrown out. But Everyone's so that means it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. So actually it means a 14 week season, which is what we always had because we used to have a two week playoff. Now we have a three week playoff. So we still have a 14 week season. So, you know, like we used to have those eight and six teams would kind of have a tiebreaker to make the playoffs type of thing. Right. And that kind of works out. So the, whoever finishes one and two, uh, week 15, they'll be getting a bye. And I believe there are no more bye weeks in the NFL after week 14. So you don't have that advantage. I think I saw today that the Colts have a week 14 bye. So they wouldn't have that advantage of having like a Colts player on bye when the one or two seed is also on bye. Yeah. That lined up and pretty I'm nice. sure we'll get into it, but bye weeks are going to be a factor this week. So yeah. 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 But I can't okay. believe bye weeks are going all the way to week 14. There's six teams on bye this week. How? Yeah, yeah. it's it's just sprinkled. There's like two doing on by, then there's four on by, then six. I don't know why they didn't just kind of do four, four, four all the way through. Yeah, yeah. makes no sense. But... So what about next year's draft? Um, what does that mean? And uh, how many rounds? What can we expect? Yeah, so I think what we decided was a five-round rookies-only draft. So it's not kind of your traditional keepers style where anyone that's not rostered is eligible to be drafted. It's not going to be that. And it's going to be offline, by the way, because I don't think there's any way I could really set this up in Yahoo. Um, So we'll just be doing... You know, it doesn't even have to be in one day. It could be a group chat. It could be, a, you know, a thread that we have, whatever it is. Um, but we'll have a five-round rookies-only draft um, that will take place some point after the NFL draft. Any point during the summer really is fine. Um, and it does not snake? It does not snake, no. So first pick, we'll have the first pick and then the first pick of the second round, first pick of the third round and so on, nice. you know, and then any trades that happen throughout this season um, will be, you know, keep that in mind with your trades 
first five rounds are all you're looking for. So I can, I think the Yahoo page has like 26 rounds because that's what we had eligible to be traded. But those other draft picks are not relevant. So you just have your first five rounds um, that we'll be keeping track of for the purposes of like, you know, doing our offline draft in the off season. Gotcha. Sweet. And I, I had a, a question just, I mean, I was looking at things mm-hmm. myself when it comes to dynasty and Yahoo and all that. So in the off season, um, you know, like the league ends and then we're just kind of waiting until things happen. Let's say you want to trade with somebody, um, you know, yep. one of your players for some draft picks or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. From my understanding, the league, the Yahoo league will technically be not online at the time. So that is something that we would have to do and like keep track of in like an Excel sheet or something like that. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, we're going to have to see how early it lets me start the Yahoo league again. Um, um, Ideally I could start it right after we draft. So maybe they do the NFL draft and then we do our rookies draft on a month later, you know, so it's still like May uh, you know, May, June, whatever it is, we, we just pick a time that we can all kind of do it online or, you know, uh, on, you know, a zoom call or something, or if we just take two weeks and everyone has, has to make their pick in their, in a day, you know what I mean? We could do a lot of things, but after that point, hopefully I can start up the Yahoo league manually, um, to get it going. Cause I, I think at some point it auto renews like probably closer to when most leagues typically draft, but I'm going to see a lot of this stuff is going to be manual though. So yeah, yeah, anything that I can't do online is going to be manual. Gotcha. Um, so if I for... want to make a trade in early March, um, yep. that's just something we'll have to keep track of and let you know about so that we can. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And I'll kind of spread the word around when, any of that stuff happens if it does, but yeah, um, that's the good thing about a dynasty league, you know, um, that it never is closed. Even if I don't have Yahoo up and running at that time, it's never closed. Like everything is up for trade and agreement yeah, true. at mm-hmm. any point throughout the entire year. So, yeah. cause your roster is your roster. Um, there's no choosing keepers for next year and the rest are like, put into a free agent pool that's not going to be the case um everyone that ends the season on your roster yeah so this was my idea and again all of this can change if anyone feels strongly about a different way to do it um but this is just in what i looked up i felt like this was the best way to do it that we um we're going to expand the rosters after the rookie draft so that you have your full team plus your five rookies you draft. And um, we might even have, so they'll form what kind of, you can call it a taxi squad during the off season where we have expanded rosters. Um, We might even jump that up, like add seven, even though we're only drafting five rookies just for this year to, you know, fill out the free agent pool. But um, that's open to discussion too. Um, so we might have like a seven team taxi squad, you know, just because, you know, you want to jump on a free agent during the off season, uh, things like that, so that you can build out your roster and then 
at a set date, which will probably be somewhere around the third. Well, do they only do three preseason games? Somewhere like a week or two before the season starts, there'll be a cutoff date where everyone will have to declare what, um, you know, who they're cutting, just like the NFL, you know. Nice. Um, They'll have to cut their roster down um, to whatever. It might not be the same number that we have now. If we decide we think the roster should be bigger or we like the number we have now, we'll kind of make that decision. But whatever that number is, we'll have to cut back down. So if you like, let's say you like your first two rookies, you know, you cut the back three that you drafted and then you have to find two people on your roster to get rid of uh, to make room for those rookies. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. And then then I think, think, oh yeah, the the last thing I think that we probably need to touch on is uh, how are we going to determine the draft order? Yeah, I that one's definitely up in the air still. I, there was a lot of good ideas thrown out there about, you know, to avoid tanking, because obviously we don't want that. Um, and we never really settled on any type of punishment for last place either. So um, there's got to be some sort of lottery system. I think that's agreed. Yeah. So that like whoever gets last doesn't automatically get the first pick. It's just how we do that. We can kind of talk about more. I, I don't have any strong feeling one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but I do think anyone that makes playoffs will just be the back six. They won't be in the lottery. And right. the six teams that don't make the playoffs would be put into a lottery with whatever odds we want to come up with for, gotcha. you know, last place up to sixth to last place. Um, but the one other thing I did uh, want to say is during the off season, there'll be a period which, um, and, and this could be, this will definitely be after, I'm going to try to set it up with Yahoo if I can, because otherwise it's going to be a lot of manual work, but there's got to be the ability to pick up free agents during the off season. Like if, if you want to, you know, let's say some guy gets traded uh, to a new team you know, and he was a free agent and it's a new, you know, opportunity for him. You want to pick him up as a free agent. So my idea was we have an off-season fob of like another hundred dollars and it would be a rotating waiver wire daily to pick up, you know, uh, free agents. That way it's not just, oh, I was the first one to find out that blah, blah, blah got traded. So I picked him up. You know, there has to be some sort of equality to it. And yeah. the fob is good. I just don't know if I could set that up in Yahoo. We're going to find out. Uh, like if it. not, cool. I think that's a good way to do it. We will. Yeah. If not, it's going to be manual. And if, and if that's the case, if, if a lot of these things end up being manual, we might have to start looking at an actual dynasty league website, you know, yeah, because there are dynasty league websites and if, you know, we're going to commit to this long-term, which I think we all are. Yeah. Um, it might be worth looking into moving now before we get too deep into it, you know, after this season, but we'll see how, what Yahoo lets me do. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that certainly cleared up a lot. I mean, a lot of stuff that, you know, just is hard to talk about over text. And so, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I guess as we are figuring more things out in terms of like, 
I guess the draft order and and finalizing how we're going to do things uh, over the off season that'll that'll get put out. But for now, I mean, I think just knowing how playoffs work and all that will will be good. Um, you know, we have this season figured out at least. So, uh, cool. All right. Well, I say we hop into the matchups this week and we start breaking them down and seeing what happened. And I was thinking, uh, because we have the largest margin of victory and, uh, also we have Corbin with us, we would start with Corbin's team. So Corbin playing against Bryce this week, Corbin winning with a just outstanding amount of points at 218 over Bryce's 125, which is the largest margin of victory so far this year. I don't think that's very hard to believe. Um, and you're both sitting at two and four now, Corb, you know, getting, getting your second one on the season. Um, how, how are you feeling about this win and you know, what, what kind of happened with it? What do you think? Yeah. Well, going back to before Thursday, when I was figuring out this lineup, I thought I was in for a possibly my worst week of the season with, uh, Kamara out or on by, and then Clyde Edwards Hilaire out. My, <laughs> I was starting Latavius Murray and uh, Ingram. Yeah, and Ingram at running back. So I was thinking that if I could get like 15 points out of my two running backs, maybe I can like squeak out a, a win if Bryce has a bad week. That was kind of my mindset going in thinking this is a lost week and I end up putting up a 218 so I guess you never know why yeah, receivers he, showed up yeah and with 218 points this week that moves you to number one in points scored in our league <laughs> yeah number one I, in points scored ninth place I, in the league <laughs> two and four yep yeah but yeah I it's, I mean, honestly, with your team, I think it's, I think it's really nice. I mean, you have Josh Allen and Cooper Cup who have just been performing all season long. Um, you have Thielen who, you know, after kind of some lackluster weeks shows up big, which is nice. Um, of course, the, the two running backs performing well enough, you know, everything you could ask for first, just some random Definitely. guys that you're throwing in there. Um mm-hmm. And then, yeah. And then uh, it's, it's just, I mean, it's all the way up and down. You have, you have Noah Fant who finally remembered how to play football. Um, Tim Patrick, who is like one of the greatest flex players I've ever seen. He's just always uh, who, who's the other guy, Mike Davis, McNeese. He's the Mr. Consistent. You look at Tim Patrick, 10 points every time. Tim Patrick. I mean, he had one week that was a little lower, but Tim Patrick, 11 or 12 points basically every single week this year. Um, so, you know what I love about this is that, you know, I mean, Corby scored 218, but it looks so attainable. Like, it looks like anybody could also do this because you didn't have anybody go off for 50. You had a couple guys go off for 30, but, you know, we, everybody gets that now and then. It just looks like, you know, you have some guys getting like nine, 10 eight like this just looks like something that we could be doing week in week out but 218 is probably going to be one of the top two or three scores that we see all season yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. It feels that way too. Cause it has me licking my chops, right? Cause it, <laughs> you look at it and you're like, Oh, you know, these guys could pr- perform this every week. And imagine when I have my two running backs back, but it won't work that way. <laughs> so something that. that I noticed when I was looking over everybody's team is this, this common theme where right before a team goes on by their stars have just a really, really good game. And I'll try and point them out as I see them. But I was noticing a lot of the guys who are playing on teams that are going to be on by, like the Vikings. You see Adam Thielen had a huge game. Um, yeah, I'll try and come back to that. Josh Allen. It, Josh Allen. I mean, it might be something to think about. Like, is it possible that teams say, okay, let's just give it our all because we have two weeks of rest? Is it yeah. something to look for on the waivers? Like, okay, maybe I target a guy who's going to be on by in two weeks because he's going to give it his all this week. Yeah. Yeah. And on the other side of things, we we look at Bryce's team, which actually had some pretty, you know, standout performances. Um, You know, Jamar chase looking good. Didn't, didn't get a touchdown, but still put up at some decent points. Jalen Waddle with Tua coming back, looking good. Um, Alex Collins, uh, in relief of uh, the injuries in Seattle also doing well, but it's almost like with Corb, with his like random guys that he threw in doing pretty okay. The other random guys that Bryce had to throw in because of, you know, some injuries and stuff like that. Um, not, not quite doing that. Um, Roethlisberger underperforming, um, Adam Humphreys, David Njoku, things like that. Um, so you know, with that, with the Big Ben, um, I was talking to Bryce about it, and we were talking about, oh, how nice it would be to kind of hedge our bets with the Pittsburgh and Seattle game because we're both Seahawks fans. So he picked up Big Ben, and I picked up the uh, Steelers kicker. And so we just kind of told ourselves, okay, if they have a good game, then we do well in fantasy. If they don't, then hopefully the Seahawks won. Well, uh Oh, well, um, good. That was a good idea, though. That was such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, in theory, we we're supposed to feel really good about it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, even if even if Bryce's team would have performed, uh, you know, at its peak, I don't think there's any way you're overcoming a 218. So, um, yeah, hopefully this is this is just the sign of more to come for you, Corb. I mean, you're two and four. I, I gave the pep talk last week. I think that your team mm-hmm. just really heard it and and took that to heart. And they're like, you know what? We're gonna friggin' we're gonna do it this week. So uh yeah, well, hopefully they didn't waste it all in one week. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that's always the uh the before I, like I, I drop a 120 next week. Yeah. And one more thing I wanted to point out about Bryce. I think that he had the reputation for the last few years of drafting like the stars of five years ago. But I mean, if you look at his team now, he's got a really good looking young group of players. Um, yep. His receivers, especially, I think that those guys are probably going to be a dominant trio. If you can keep them, keep them all. Don't trade anybody. I think those are probably going to be three of the top guys for the next five to 10 years of the NFL. Yeah. All right, so let's hop into our next matchup, uh, which was the next closest margin of victory. 
Chad versus Zach Hamburger Henry versus Corey Save Us. Chad wins with uh, 163 points versus 138. Chad now sitting in third on the season at four and two, and Zach in seventh at three and three. Um, and just looking at Chad's team, um, the first thing is garbage time Jalen Hurts seems to be one of the weirdest dichotomies of fantasy production versus actual play on the field. Um, and it, it really is just very, it's quite annoying seeing how well Jalen Hurts <laughs> does regardless of what happens, because that guy, in my personal opinion, um, is not very good at being a quarterback, but he's good at scoring fantasy points. Um, but outside of that, I mean, you, you have your solid performances from, from CD lamb, uh, you know, your, his flex played well. And then probably one of the, one of the bigger things, Khalil Herbert, um, backup Chicago running back now thrusted into the starter role, dropping a nice little 18 points with his first week of action. Um, yeah. And ironically enough, his opponent, Zach called that last week on the podcast. He said that Khalil Herbert would rush for, let's see, what was it? 75 and a touchdown. And he actually ran for a little over 90 and a touchdown. Yeah. So calling it uh, against his own team, but yeah, I, I think that, I mean, looking at this, not necessarily the, the, best week for Mike Evans, not necessarily best week for Devonte Adams, but it seems that Chad's team was able to still pick up the slack where, where it was left off and pull out the win, which, you know, when your stars don't really perform, that's kind of what you're hoping for. But, um, Rojo saw the bench this week and didn't go off. The one thing that Chad was always scared of and, he, he was able to skate by without, without getting blasted by 25 points from Rojo just sitting on his bench. So unfortunately for Corey Save Us, Zach's team, uh, Corey Davis was on by, so he was unable to save Zach Arnold, or probably also Zach Wilson. I don't think he'll be able to save him. <laughs> Uh, and in his place, the young hopeful wide receivers were not able to step it up, seeing low scores from LaVisca Chenault, Michael Pittman, from Quez Watkins, and he lost Kareem Hunt to injury. Yeah. But, I mean, one thing to look at, uh, I I swear Henderson, seeing how he's doing this year, that has to be – that is just such a great pickup. I mean, granted, it is this year, and this is Dynasty, so Cam Akers is coming back next year. But for this year, for where he got Henderson, that is such a solid pickup. Um, you know, it is it is unfortunate. You see something like the Ravens winning 34-6 to over the Chargers, and you would think, oh, Lamar Jackson obviously balled out. But instead, it was – it was a plethora of running backs for the Ravens deciding to all run for touchdowns. Yeah. The 2018 of... pro bowl team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is it? Uh, Murray bell is a uh... 2016. 
Devontae yeah. Freeman. Yeah, Devontae Freeman. But um yeah. They each had a touchdown, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Which is just, I mean, kudos if you if you started. I guess, yeah, Corb, you started Murray. So you you benefited from that. Uh, oh, just and random... somebody else in our league started one of those too. We'll get there. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, and then this week, uh, Zach starting Miles Gaskin, who has to just be one of the most frustrating running backs in fantasy because he posted 27 points last week and then uh, 2.4 this week. So but just a the really Jaguars. Fun. Jaguars are really good, right? Um, like, I mean, who's a tough opponent? Yeah, yes, that one of the toughest. I'm pretty sure. Uh, they have a. a in terms of the win-loss column, there's definitely a five and there's a one somewhere. I, I can't promise you in which order they're in, but there is a five and a one. So, yeah. I don't well, know they if were you... playing at home for the first time this year. Oh, was, in, it, uh, was it really their first London? at home? Oh, they no. were in London. <laughs> Did you catch any of that game? Though That stadium was almost packed. There's no way Jacksonville's getting the stadium that packed. Yeah. yeah. Well, they play there every year. Yeah. So filled with gotta be a good London London fan base for them. Yeah. But all right. Well, moving on from that matchup, uh, we have Lucas versus uh Cameron Hulk, Trippin Jones versus Strawberry Herbert. Lucas pulls out the win there, one sixty one to one thirty eight. He's now sitting at three and three in fifth place on the season. And Cam Hulk is at four and two. He's had a pretty good season. So one loss, uh, you know, isn't tanking him. He's sitting at fourth on the season. Um, Steve's, what are you seeing out of Lucas's team? Well, for those who may not be aware, Lucas did get married this weekend. So congrats, Lucas. Congratulations. So bud. This was, um, I'm going to call this a, wedding gift from cam hulk <laughs> i think for lucas i'm just going to read you a couple names and you tell me if this sounds like 161 points okay byron pringle all right Devonte freeman chris conley hunter renfro yeah these were all guys that beat a cam hulk team that has been putting up a lot of points Beat them by over 20. He got a huge boost from, I mean, fantasy superstar Derrick Henry. And I think he's probably just going to ride. I mean, are you surprised at how Lucas has been doing? Um, I mean, I, it's weird. Yeah. Like I look at his team and it's, I mean, it, it's just, I think I said it last week. It's just a good team. Um, I mean, he had a couple guys on by this week that I'm sure he would love to have, um, you know, Calvin Ridley and Cordero Patterson, who have both been doing quite well. Um, you know, who knows if Damian Williams is able to come in next week. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, and that, I mean, Montgomery's on IR. So once Montgomery's back, then that's, that's a whole thing. So um, I mean, him able to pull this win out, with the amount of fill-in players that he needed. And also just saying this matchup had four lead changes over the course of the weekend, which I think is just, I mean, that must've just been super fun for both of them <laughs> to keep track of. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a great looking team. Uh, I, I, the only thing that I look at that I'm like, huh, I wonder how that's going to turn out is, um, Chris Godwin hasn't scored since week two. And oh, as a Bucks fan, I will tell you, he, I mean, he's, he's getting targeted, but like, I'm not really sure what's going on with him. It seems Antonio Brown is kind of like the number one. He's like the safety blanket for, for Brady. Um, and Evans, of course, gets touchdowns. But I, yeah, I'm not really sure what's going on with Godwin there. Um, but on the other side of things, uh, Corb, I mean, I want to know your opinion on your brother's team and just lean into it. Give, give, give it to me straight. What do you think? Um, well, let me gather my thoughts and look at his team. Yeah. He did yeah, have that I mean, rough week. Uh, yeah, well, you're always going to have difficulty when your QB gets you 13. I mean, that's that's always tough to overcome. Um, kicker with two. Flex didn't hit 10. Just over 10 points combined between the two positions. Jacoby. Uh, Jacoby yeah, Myers. There, there he is. He is. Um, I mean, his, I, I think he has a good team. He, I mean, you know my philosophy. I'm sure you guys do just strong running backs. I always feel strongly about having running backs that are getting touches and Najee Harris is the definition of getting touches right now, even if he's not, um, you know, scoring a bunch of fantasy points every week. I mean, he put up a 21, but what do you have 30 carries this week? You know? So, um, and nobody else is getting the ball. Yeah. No, there's no one else there. Mm-hmm. And they're force feeding him. I mean, 30 carries, 81 yards. You know, he wasn't even successful. So um, Austin Eckler, you know, off week with Justin Herbert, you know, uh, they got shut down completely where they put up six points. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's going to go like that. But he's got an explosive team. I could see his team putting up big points a lot of weeks just because of Herbert and Eckler. So, yeah, we talked about it last stack. week. I mean, they had mm-hmm. an awesome week last week, and we talked about it like, yeah, when when the team is doing well, then you're going to see Cameron Hulk's team do really well. And when the Chargers have an off week, he's going to fall right there with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a great thing and a scary thing, though, because you think of one-game knockout playoffs later in the year if Cam's in the playoffs. You know, if the Chargers happen to be playing – you know, someone with a really good defense and, and they get shut down could be as weak. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, we'll move on to our next matchup, um, which stings uh, for me. Uh, this was me versus Scoot. Scoot's pulling out the win with 151 over 128. He's now at three and three, and I am at one and five, 11th. And I am the one hosting a fantasy podcast. <laughs> so good. Um, I, let me let me talk about my team for a little bit. Let me just complain for a while. Um, <laughs> so first off, Taylor Heineke decided to forget how to play football this week, even though he's playing against 
the Chiefs, where there should have been points all over the place and their defense is bad. Um, but he he gave me 11 points, which is just so nice of him. Um, I had, I think, four players get injured while playing. Dawson Knox, Julio Jones, Antonio Gibson, and Mike Williams all got hurt while playing and weren't able to play anymore, which is fantastic. Um, one shining star, Jonathan Taylor finally is actually performing, uh, the guy that I believe in and he, he's doing it. He's doing the thing and I love it. And I love my defensive players. I traded for TJ Watt and he did great. And Trayvon Diggs, I guess he's just going to be the defensive player of the year this year. And that's um, fantastic. Right before their bye week just another little, yeah. We'll talk about bye weeks later. Um, I'm. <laughs> you could say both right before their bye week for a lot of my players. Actually, it's yeah, but we'll talk about it. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to do about my team because my starters uh, just like to kind of crap the bed every now and then. But hey, Scoots was able to pull out the win with 151 points, and that's awesome. Uh, happy for him i was rooting for both of you guys like cameron i want you to see a win because you just put so much into it and for scott he's just dealt with so many injuries on his team i just feel bad for his situation so i wanted to see him win so it it kind of sucked watching somebody had to lose here but for scott it it's not easy to stick with kirk cousins I was looking at his two previous games. He put up 15 points and 12 points. If I see that, I'm starting to think, okay, maybe this is a trend Mm -hmm. and I would probably have benched him, but Scott believes and he kept cousins in and he saw him put up 37, which was just enough to fend off the plucky ducks. Yeah. I mean, that, that really was a huge difference. I mean, if, Heineke gave me a reasonable score, um, you know, 30 points, which he's very capable of doing. Uh, that would have put me at around, you know, 148. Still not great. Um, but, you know, if Cousins has kind of a, an off week or even a, a normal week, like around 30, you know, things are so much closer. But uh, but Cousins, I mean, it was right before his bye week. So he yep. put up a huge, huge game. Theoretically, against what Carolina was ranked number one defense coming in, too. I don't know if that was against quarterbacks specifically, but I know in general they were ranked number one defense coming in. So, yeah, and in Carolina, good play. Would have expected a lower score, I think, in that one. The OT helped, overtime helped. Yeah. It probably would have been at what, 20, 28, something more like that without a 25 yard touchdown pass, something like that to end the game. But, mm-hmm. You know, you take those. Yeah. And we'll move from one matchup with a one in five team coming out of it to another matchup with a one in five team coming out of it. Smill, uh, Smill loose ends going against Drum. Drum winning with a score of 169 to 163. Really a good showing from Smill's team this week. Um, but Drum is now at three and three, sixth, and Smill at one and five being 12th 
And I mean, yeah, I Smill, I think his team played very well. You look up and down and you got the performances out of the guys that you want to get performances out of. And um, (laughs) there was one player that I may have talked poorly about last week who happened to go off on Smill's bench. And I feel really bad. And I would just like to stay, uh, say again, everything that I say on this podcast, literally do the complete opposite. And I'm, I'm sure you guys will do great. So So was that Cole Beasley? That was Cole Beasley. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. The only like real difference this week was he put in James Washington for Cole Beasley. And that was the difference. But I mean, he put up the fourth highest score of the week, despite missing his top pick, Nick Chubb. Um, that's tough. I mean, Dak was the number one quarterback on the week. And I'm going to be honest, this does not look like a team that is last place in our league. I not think every all. position group looks really good, if not great. Yeah. He has really good running backs, especially with Nick Chubb, not even in the lineup. He has really good receivers. He has three deep at tight end who are all extremely playable, um, especially with Goddard was uh, on the COVID list this week, but mm-hmm. Goddard is now the solo tight end in Philly. So you can probably expect a little bit of ramp up on his score. I think Smill's team looks great and it is so unfortunate that he's been such a victim to the schedule, putting up really big weeks. He's top four, and scoring the last two weeks, and he's come out of it 0-2. Yeah, 163 is going to get you a win, you know, what, 85% of the time. So um, that's a tough break. His team, yeah, just like you said, his team did exactly what you wanted to do. His running backs, 15-plus, both of them, you know, uh, wide receivers going off, quarterback going off, you know. um, That's a tough loss, Mel. Yeah. I mean, it's always going to be hard when you're going against a team led by such superstars as Donovan Peoples Jones, <laughs> um, who scored the most points for drum this week. But I mean, you just Hail can't Mary. go. Yeah. You just yeah. can't go against a guy like that. Um, That's absolutely <laughs> my start of the week. There is, I mean, he belongs in nobody's starting lineup, honestly. And to see him there yeah. and just eke out a win against Smell. Yeah, that's that, incredible. That garbage time hail Mary. I mean, four receptions with a hundred one receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. Like what? Come on. But you know, you take a win where you, where you can, and and I'm sure Drum is is reveling in this one. So, but yeah, he smell- also he texted me. Drum texted me to make sure that we mention. Uh, he says that starting. Every Ingram and his flex is the dumbest play ever. <laughs> well, I concur. I think starting Evan Ingram ever um, might be one of the dumbest plays ever. But anyway, uh, he's not a part of the Giants offense. I can tell you that. I mean, what is part of the Giants offense? <laughs> uh, the rotating injury list of receivers, but Kadarius Tony is the real deal when that guy gets healthy because he just really picked is. up another ankle injury, but he's the real deal. He's so good. He he's was on so my short good. list for the draft and you took him around before I had him. Yeah. 
But the human right. joystick. Yeah. Let's finish out these matchups with our closest matchup of the week and arguably our most anticipated matchup. We had uh, our very own Steez Cobra Kyler going against Travis's tip top team. And Travis pulls out the win. Both teams now sitting at five and one. We have our first place and our second place teams here in this matchup. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if it gets much better than this in terms of fantasy. Um, but Steve, how I mean, how are you feeling about your team this week? I know you got the loss, but um, I mean, still I, 152 is still a respectable, you know, it's not like you completely crapped the bed. No, so I got a lot of production out of the guys I expect to, right? Kyler had 30-plus. Dalvin Cook came back from injury. Uh, he got 23. It all started for me for uh, the Thursday night game. I had Devontae Smith and Travis had three players, uh, Fournette, Antonio Brown, and then he picked up uh, Philly linebacker Singleton. And they combined for 60 points. I was down 60 to four after the Thursday night game. So it was a tough, tough score to overcome. But um, I made my comeback. I uh, took the lead by five going into Monday night. And it was a long shot, but I needed uh, Sanders to get less than five. And he ended up scoring 11 for Travis for the dub. Yeah, a rough uh a rough one him yeah him taking it just at the very end there um you know at least it's someone like sanders who has been performing this year and it's it's not like he came out of nowhere to just beat you but um definitely yeah travis's team just when they have weeks where some of their players that you want or that you would expect to go off like Keenan Allen or Tyler Lockett. They just don't perform. But then you have Leonard Fournette who decides to go for, for 27 points. Um, Leonard Fournette, who I tried to trade for and Travis uh, quickly shot that down. Um, but I tried to trade for him last week and I, you know, I was kind of hoping for a little back and forth and see if I could get him, but he, he smartly uh, did not trade him away. Um, but yeah, I mean, I said it earlier, Antonio Brown is looking like, at least currently, the number one target for Brady, especially with Gronk out. I think that he just likes what Brown does across the middle of the field. He always looks for him on crucial first downs, and Brown is still one of the best wide receivers in the league, even though you know he had all that kind of crap that was going on and he was out of the league. You look at him play, and he's still uh, – he's still so good and so fast. So, um, Oh, my, uh, my tight end was what my third highest scorer picked him up off the waivers. <laughs> Finally yeah, got some did. production. Yeah. I noticed, uh, you knew exactly how many tight ends smill had, uh, just going into it. Um, but yes, yeah. I did. Uh, Oh, this was really fast and it's actually, it has nothing to do with uh, this matchup, but I thought that this was kind of fun. Um, it was for the, was it the last matchup? Yeah. For drum just was curious without looking, if you guys could tell me how many defensive players 
do you think Drum has on his team <laughs> right now? I'll let Corb guess first. I think I know. Um, six, one back of it each. I think last time I looked, it was seven. Is that right? It is seven. He has seven defensive players sitting on his team. I thought about that because I saw your team, Steez, that you have six people on IR currently, which is just super fun. Um, yeah. But yeah. So uh, next week, you know, I everyone that lost this week will be looking to bounce back. Um, Steez, I'm sure you're hoping to get your team rolling. Uh, no, to, not at all. I'm not trying at all. to take L's. Of course, yes. Building for next year. Um, but something that we have next week and that we have been kind of alluding to is all of the buys uh, being affectionately called by some as the bipocalypse. We have the Cowboys, the Vikings, the Bills, the Jaguars, the Chargers, and the Steelers all on buy next week. And those are some very important fantasy teams. Um, there are multiple players on every single one of those teams that are vital for uh, a number of people. This week, I, I looked across the league and Cameron Hulk, as well as myself, <laughs> Ouch. both have six starters on by. So we will, we will be figuring that out and seeing what happens. I, I'm a little easier off uh, most of my or three of mine are my defensive players so I'll have to figure that out he has more offensive players but with it being the bipocalypse I have a fun game for you guys to play I went through our current available players and for quarterback running back wide receiver and tight end I'm going to list off three players the matchup that they have this coming week and you guys tell me who you would pick of those three players Sound good? Okay. All right. You so say you're reading you're reading off three players that are on the waiver wire? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So for the quarterbacks, let's say you need a quarterback this week. You're looking at Bridgewater versus Cleveland, Daniel Jones versus Carolina, and this cheeky one, Jared Goff versus the Rams, a revenge game. Oh. Which one are you going with? Is there so, a fourth option? I'm going to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with the Accord. Nothing is really looking that good. Um, I don't know what kind of confidence, Corbin, you have in your favorite team's QB, but I think mm -hmm. just the boom, uh, I don't know, opportunity, the, the small chance of a 40-point game, I think I would probably go Daniel Jones but that is just not a fun batch to pick from. Yeah. Yeah. I think if you were going for floor, you might do Bridgewater, although um, he might've picked up an injury. I'm not sure. Um, looking at questionable, questionable, but if, yeah, if you're looking at floor, I think maybe Bridgewater would be the safest to get you like the 15 and not give you a single digit gain if that's what you needed for your team. But um, yeah, I, I would choose Jones out of those three. But again, I might look at some other options if there are any. So Corb, let me ask you, how do you mm -hmm. know if you're looking for a floor or a ceiling player? 
uh, I mean, I, you'd like to say, oh, I'm looking at this matchup and I feel like I have him beat. So I just want to not have an awful week from my quarterback, but it usually never works that way. So uh, it's kind of a feel thing. What, what if what your do you, opponent do you has want nobody? Bust? What if your opponent has nobody listed in their starting lineup, so you don't know who they're going to play? Oh my gosh! <laughs> then I just estimate that they're going to put up one fifty. It's mm. good estimate. I see. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the running backs this week. A little more juicy of a position, potentially more necessary for people to look at. So we have a couple interesting choices. Um, first off, we have Dernis Johnson with the Browns going against Denver this week. Uh, we have Travis Homer versus the Raiders. There's a chance that Alex Collins is going to be hurt. Chris Carson is hurt. Who knows if Rashad Penny will be back. So Homer could be a, a cheeky little pickup. And then, uh, for more of a consistent play, Kyle Juszczyk versus Indy Kyle Juszczyk is sneaky getting you like nine, eight, nine points a week this year. So wow. uh, which of those do you think you're, you're most comfortable going with? Well, I think just knowing that for the Cleveland running back situation, knowing that Chubb and Hunt are both already ruled out, um, it is intriguing to see Dernis Johnson um, and with that game being the Thursday game, um, just kind of knowing that you're going to have a starting running back, hopefully get, you know, like 15, maybe 20 touches. Um, I think that might be my favorite of those three. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, just because of volume, you know, Cleveland, all they want to do is run the ball. Um, so they're going to do it regardless. I don't think they're going to morph into a pass-heavy shotgun team just because, you know, Chubb and Hunt are out. You know, uh, he might not be productive, but I think there's going to be volume there. And um, Mayfield yeah. is not 100%, right? Yeah. No, no. he's dealing with something. You see, it was his left shoulder. He kind of went down on it, got uh, hyperextended out. So he kept playing. So I don't think it's something that he's going to be out for you know, just my couch side medic, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah that, I, that's who I would take for sure. 95. Isn't, um, isn't uh, Rashad Penny an option coming back for Seattle this he, week? He might he's be. He's on my IR. Yeah. They're not sure if he's coming off IR yet. No, he's on my. Oh, and yeah, he's IR. on, he's on McNeese's team. Yeah. Well, a case against Homer is my point. Right. No, oh, that's, right. that was kind of my thing was, do you pick up Homer with the potential that he is the starter? Cause you just don't know yet. Um, Cause yeah. you know, Homer has performed when he, when he plays. So. Um, yeah. All right. Well, Move. I do anticipate there's going to be a lot of uh, waiver activity, especially around the running back position, given, Ooh. given the buys this week. Interesting. All right. Be. So. Moving into wide receiver, um, I think these guys are all kind of boom plays, um, boom or bust. That's just kind of what you get from wide receivers that are still sitting on the waiver wire. So we have Van Jefferson with the Rams versus Detroit, Deontay Harris with the Saints versus Seattle, and Kendrick Bourne with the Patriots versus the Jets. Wow. So I 
what my gut instinct is I like Van Jefferson, um, Deontay. I've looked at him and it feels like every game that he did really well, he had one catch <laughs> and it was like a 50 yard touchdown. And um, Kendrick Bourne actually picked him up last week, but uh, I don't know if I'd trust the Patriots passing. So I would probably, I'd probably give the nod to having Stafford and I'd probably go Van Jefferson. Gotcha. I, uh, I disagree. I would go with Deontay Harris. Um, yeah, he's a big play guy, but I don't necessarily think he's a boomer bust guy. I mean, I'm not looking at his numbers or anything, but I feel like he's involved in that offense from a target perspective. Plus he can, he can bring a kick back. Um, and Van Jefferson, I feel like, is a boomer bust, um, even though you don't think of him as a, uh, you know, one reception, 70 yard. He just had a big play type of guy. Um, I think I looked at his numbers and he had, you know, one or two big games and a few one pointers. So that's not what you look for in a wide receiver pickup. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I would go with Deontay true. Harris. Yeah. They are very similar players, and that's probably also why they're on the waiver right wire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right, last position, um, and then we'll we'll be wrapping up here. But in tight end land, we have a couple interesting picks. Um, we have CJ Uzama, who's been playing well for the Bengals, going against Baltimore. We have OJ Howard. For the Bucks, we're not sure if Gronk's going to be back this week, so you might have to, you know, if you're swinging for a tight end for the Bucks, you might have to do it quickly uh, versus Chicago. And then uh, Hayden Hurst versus Miami. And the reason I bring up Hurst is because um, two weeks ago, because the, the Falcons were on by this week, when Kyle Pitts went off, Hayden Hurst also had a nice little game. Um, so it seems that just as long as that offense is running well, Hurst will – get his targets and, and, you know, potentially perform. So which of those three, Uzama, Howard, or Hurst, are you going with this week? So my knock against Hurst would be, I also think that Calvin Ridley was out. And so I think with now basically three weeks of rest for Ridley, um, I think he's probably going to be back and ready to take over the target chair. So I don't have a whole lot of faith that Hurst will get the volume I would look for. And oh, Uzama, I really feel like he might have been more of a one-week wonder. So I think I'd probably pick the juice. Let's go OJ Howard. Yeah, I'm just looking at these uh, targets because that's the first thing I look at when it comes to well wide receivers and tight ends. But if you're picking up a streaming option, which probably is what we're all doing here, just someone to throw into a flex, or maybe in this case, it's just your tight ends on buy. Really, you just, you, you don't want a low floor, right? You just want someone that's involved in the offense. They're getting targets every week. It's consistent. It's not one target eight targets, one target, one target, you know? So, so who that is, uh, none of these guys, <laughs> but, but that's not the, who's going to catch so, a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. If that's what you see, that's not what I look at when I'm picking up a tight end for one week, 
because there's no way to predict. There's just no way. Um, I, I would go with whoever has the most targets. So I think that might be uh, CJ Zoma. Gotcha. So that's probably who I would pick up. Um, plus, I, I feel like I trust Cincinnati's offense, which is weird. <laughs> oh, is very weird. They've been playing. I mean, Burrow's been playing out of his mind lately, and yeah, he's definitely looking like the first round, uh, first overall pick. Um, but cool. All yeah. right. Well, there you go, everybody. If you need a, a streamer uh, this week, there are the picks from the top minds of the puck the experts. I thought the we were experts. experts. Yes, the experts. Um, the two-time here. champs. Yep. And <laughs> two, me. Two-time champs. <laughs> two-time champs and the plucky ducks. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll wrap things up from here. Uh, well, you're an excellent, everybody. You're an excellent host, though, Hammer. So That's you, you have that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Good you're, luck you're to everybody. Play, you're the play-by-play. And uh, McNeese, you're the, you're the color commentator. I'll take that. Absolutely mm-hmm. take that. Hey, good luck to everybody in the waiver madness, and we'll see you after week seven. <laughs>